No pass rushers. No cornerbacks. Let's talk about that. Good morning, Panthers fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Daily Panthers Podcast. I am your host, Wes Taylor. Thank you so much for listening. We got a great episode for you today. And by we, I mean me, as always. You can follow me at Daily Panthers on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. And today I want to talk about our depth. I have talked about our depth before. I have talked about it at length, so I'm not going to get too far into it. Really just specifically two positions that I've already mentioned edge and quarterback we obviously have a lot of (laughs) a lot of issues in those positions specifically we have two cornerbacks who are injury prone or at this point have had two major injuries in their careers one a broken foot that left him out for 13 games and jc horn the other with a torn achilles that left him out for Uh, I don't know how long it actually was, because it was in the offseason, probably about nine months. I don't remember exactly when he tore it, but an Achilles is a major injury, obviously. It's right there with a torn ACL. In some ways, it might be worse. But they've both expressed that they are good to go. Obviously, J.C. Horn's foot injury was from his rookie year, so he played last year in the majority of games, Will still with some injuries and a broken hand or wrist, something along those lines. So, yeah, it's he's he's going to play with... He was going to play with the club, and then we didn't make the playoffs because he was gone, and he didn't. So they both are coming back from at least somewhat significant injuries, the Achilles being very significant, broken foot being very significant, and the broken wrist or broken hand, whichever it was, being very significant. Uh, But, again, he was going to play. How effective he was going to be, we don't know. But either way, he had the injury. And then we have someone like uh, Brian Burns, who has been great for us. No injuries up to this point, knock on wood. And we don't have really much across from him. Even our own coaching staff has said as much. They just referenced a bunch of guys, essentially, at this point. Who are across from him. So I don't know what we're going into this season with. To be completely honest with you. As far as edge goes. All we have is Brian Burns at this point. I'm really concerned about the edge position. And that we're going to go into this season with what we currently have. Which does not excite me. Could we sign someone like Justin Houston? Maybe. Normally I'd say it's not even worth it. Because we know we're not going to win a Super Bowl this year. So we might as well ride with what we've got get some young guys some playing time, figure out who's here to stay and who's getting the boot, like someone like YGM. So that would normally be what I say, but we don't own our first-round pick next year. So it is in our best interest to do as well as possible. And I'm sure the Bears fans are loving that they signed Yannick Ngakwe, who is someone that I wanted us to sign and who that a lot of Panthers wanted to sign. It's only for a one-year deal. But I want, I do wonder if it has any impact on our position in the draft. If the Bears wanted to kind of take that position away from us by taking the only serviceable edge rusher left on the market. I know that Justin Houston exists, but he's also 34 years old and ancient in football years, but also in people years, 34 is old. I'm not far from 34 myself, and I feel it every year. I'm like... 
man, I don't know how these guys in the NFL do it. I'm at 29, and I'm like, I don't even think I could. If I was them, I'd be like, after 24, I'm like, this is too much. I'm tired all the time, and I'm sore. But they also have, like, personal chefs and stuff. So that's the first thing I would do if I was rich. I would get a personal chef. If if I was, like, stupid rich and I was going to make a first purchase, it would be a personal chef. That would be awesome. I'd be like, make me the healthiest, best-tasting food possible. I don't even care what it is. I will eat it. So, yeah. We can talk more about that later. But Yannick Ngakwe is off the market, gone to the Bears. So I don't know if we just didn't want to play pay that much for a guy who is only going to be a rental. I don't know if we wanted to pay that much for a guy who is going to be on the edge with the current cap space that we have. We have a lot of cap space, so I don't really get that part of it. So I don't think that that's what it was. I think that maybe they just didn't want to bring him in, and they want to run with the guys that they currently have, and that scares me a lot. And um, I don't really... We don't really have anything aside from Bryant Burns. I know Scott Fitter has mentioned names, and we all know who is across from him, but they are not a serviceable answer to the problem that we have, and we are going to be screwed at this point. So Scott Fitter has made it pretty clear that he is essentially betting his job on two things, the health of our cornerbacks and the depth of our defensive line. That is what he's betting himself on. And then three, a hero of arrow to make it all work. Now, a hero of arrow pretty much has Scott Fitterer's job in his hands. Uh, Frank Reich sort of does, but we have more question marks on defense, I think, than we have on offense. Because on offense, we've kind of got every gap sewed up that is questionable, even if it's just a good player rather than a great player. Uh, but on defense, we have some great players on defense. All of our best players, pretty much are on defense. Brian Burns, Derek Brown, J.C. Horn when he's healthy, Jeremy Chin when he is good. I don't know what happened last year, but he's back, I promise. Either way, a lot of our talent and a lot of our picks have been on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so looking forward to see what's going to happen with that. In the past couple of years, though, it's been on offense. So, But I think that Offense is just easier in the NFL for one. Frank Reich has Bryce Young, which is already like a chip of like, it's a rookie quarterback, give us some time. And for Scott Fitterer too. But the fact that he has not gotten any edge rushers and he has not gotten any cornerbacks, he is very clearly betting on the guys that are there. And he is really betting on Brian Burns. I mean, he pushed chips all in on Brian Burns. He... Did not give up what I believe to be two first-round picks and either one or two second-round picks for Brian Burns to go to the Rams. So not only is Scott Fitter kind of bet on the fact that Brian Burns is the answer in terms of how many draft picks he was willing to not give up, but he's also mentioned, not mentioned, but really shown with his actions that Brian Burns is the answer by how much help he's willing to not give him. He's saying, you are the answer, you're going to be the answer, and you're not going to get much help, so good luck. And Brian Burns is about to sign a contract, and I'm sure Scott Fitterer will make it really nice and juicy because he seems to love Brian Burns, which I'm not against. I'm not against loving Brian Burns. I love Brian Burns. But can Brian Burns get it done on his own? 
is he that kind of guy? Is he going to take the next step into the into the Bosa, into the TJ Watt lineup? I I think he's a step below that, and I don't think he can carry this defense on his own. Maybe he'll take a step up this season. Another one? And don't get me wrong, Brian Burns is a very good player. He's just not in that first tier of edges. That's why he's not the one setting the market. And again, some of y'all are crazy about this kind of stuff. I'm giving Brian Burns his flowers. Obviously, we value him very highly. But I do not think that it is the answer to let him carry the weight of the entire edge and figure it out and make it work. That's not going to work out. And Scott Fitter obviously thinks that it is because he is betting his job on it. If this season doesn't work out and we look bad, Scott Fitter, if he's not fired, I don't think he'll be fired, but he is on an extremely hot seat. Like that seat goes from, right now it's probably room temperature, it goes to hot. Turn it up to high because that's what it will be if we suck this year. Because we will have also, if we suck, it's a double slap in the face because we will suck and we will not have anything to make us better come next year in the draft because we have given up our picks. So all that to say, Scott Fitter has made a big, big bet on our starting edge rushers. And then he's made a big, big bet on the help of Dante Jackson and J.C. Horn up to this point. Now, if one of them gets hurt, we have C.J. Henderson, who's looked good in camp, but what the heck does that mean? We've had Keith Taylor, who's looked pretty good in camp, but what the heck does that mean? And we have Jamie Robinson, who hasn't played a down in the NFL, a fifth-round pick from Florida State. So Scott Fitter is betting his job on Keith Taylor. He's betting his job on C.J. Henderson, and he's betting a job on Jamie Robinson. Three guys who have not proven themselves yet in the NFL, and two of those guys have had multiple years to do so. Will things change this year? I don't see why they would. Cornerbacks don't typically get better like this. That's a very hard position. Usually when you're at your peak, it's at this point that C.J. Henderson is at right now. So I hope that I'm wrong. I really do, but I don't think that I agree with Scott Fitter on this one. I give Scott Fitter the benefit of the doubt in a lot of cases. I do think that he is a good general manager, and I think he's good at the analysis part of things. I think he's good at making good trades that make sense in terms of value, but when it comes to actual player evaluation outside of the first round, we have been lacking up to this point. We have had not had... A whole lot of impact outside of the first round in the Scott Fitter era up to this point. And that is a little bit concerning to me. And so part of me, if I don't have the greatest trust in his player evaluation and his ability to evaluate players at any position, because we have had trouble in that up to this point past premier players. And it was the same thing with the Gettleman era where we were killing it in the first round And then the subsequent rounds after that, maybe not so much. And I'm not comparing Scott Fitter to David Gettleman because that would just be a huge insult that I'm not trying to do. What I'm trying to say is that you can't expect me to trust everything that you are doing currently 
when I can look back at your pedigree and say that I shouldn't have trusted you before. With the things that you are currently doing, I am concerned, and the things that I have been concerned about in the past have come to fruition. Some examples. I was concerned about the quarterback position last year. I was concerned the fact that Baker Mayfield was being given away at a discount. I was concerned about the fact that Sam Darnold looked like hot garbage the year before. Concerned about Teddy Bridgewater and the fact that we were putting a backup in there. Concerned that we didn't draft Justin Fields. And he turned out to be all right. Jury's still out on Justin Fields, but I do not get the hate directed toward him. He is a elite runner and a below average passer. Can he work it out? Maybe, but I he's not a good passer. <laughs> but if he can work that out, he's gonna be a top five to ten quarterback in the NFL because his rushing is insane. Um, and with DJ Moore, the addition of him they're looking good. They're looking good. Um, and their defense is nice upcoming. Yeah, the Bears roster, it has made some improvements. But again, they also sucked last year. They got the first pick for a reason. <laughs> they didn't get it for no reason. But I I don't have a reason to trust this front office yet. I'm sorry. I, I don't. You have picks like YGM. You have picks like uh, Tommy Trimble. Who specifically, Tommy Trimble, I asked Joe Person about Tommy Trimble and what he's been up to. And he said they love his upside. Do you know what we love his upside is code for? It's like a, it's like a friend zone of the football world. Like, oh, he's so nice. Or, oh, he's a great friend. That is what we are doing to Tommy Trimble. We have friends on him. He has not been good up to this point. He has not lived up to the hype. We thought he was going to be a George Kittle type who was a good athletic blocker in college who converts to the NFL is able to get more space and more separation and make some plays that has not happened at this point. And Tommy Trimble's hands have always been a question. That is a perfect example of what's wrong with this front office. We draft too many projects. We draft someone like Tommy Trimble who did not produce in college, who didn't catch anything in college. And now he gets to the pros and we expect him to change his entire game. And it's not happening. He cannot catch a cold in the desert. Wait, no. <laughs> he, can't, he can't catch a cold in a hospital in the Antarctic. I don't know. Either way, he can't catch. He can catch a cold in the desert is a compliment. So I flipped that. Obviously incorrect. I'm sorry. But I have it on good sources. And by good sources, I mean two of my friends who went to the fan fest and saw everything bounce off Tommy Trimble's hands like he has two bricks. And... Okay, I always say this is not an insult, but this is an insult to Tommy Trimble. I'm sorry. I have to be honest. I, I have to say what I see. And this is what I see right now. He can't catch. And that's why do you think we brought in Hayden Hurst? We didn't do it because we had so many pass threats at tight end or receiving threats. Sorry. We might have a pass threat. Maybe get a little Hayden Hurst touchdown pass in there. But we didn't bring in Hayden Hurst for no reason. We and And this is the part that irks me so much. We drafted Tommy Tremble when we already had an Ian Thomas. We drafted Ian Thomas 2.0 when we already had Ian Thomas 1.0. We drafted a tight end who can't catch, who's known for his blocking, and hoped that he would turn into something different. Why are we so stupid sometimes? We come in and just hit my hand on the desk. I'm sorry. We draft these guys to be something that they are not. 
I do not understand it. Rarely ever is a guy going to pull a Josh Allen and be something. Even Josh Allen was just a better version of what he was. He was still that athletic quarterback with a big arm. He just had questionable accuracy. That was the thing. It's like we, they asked him to be an accurate quarterback, which he was not. But the rules in the NFL benefit quarterbacks and offenses. Do we have any rules that benefit the players that we have drafted that have been experiments up to this point? No. No, he have not. Tommy Trimble is a prime example of that. Nothing in his pedigree, nothing in his history said that he was going to be successful in the position that we put him in. It said that he was going to be a good blocking tight end with some catches peppered in. And we expected him to be George freaking Kittle. And that wasn't the case. And we haven't had a good tight end in the receiving game. Hayden Hurst is our best tight end in the receiving game since Greg, I was going to say Greg Oden, Greg Olson. Greg Olson. Respect to third leg Greg. But I just, I it bugs me. And I think that's what we're done with DJ Johnson. I hope that I am right about DJ Johnson and that we just need to give it some time and let him work out. But on the other hand, he is a 26-year-old rookie who did not produce at the at the college level. And I don't know what's going to change between now and then. And we've got Terrace Marshall. For whatever reason, whether you want to blame Matt Rule, whether you want to blame the quarterback situation, he has not lived up to essentially a first-round hype. He was essentially a first-round pick. He was a very early second-round pick at this point. I think he was 37th or 39th overall. And he has not lived up to that yet. Now, I'm not saying that's his fault, but we have some guys on this roster who have not lived up to their potential for one reason or another. You want to say Matt Rule stunted their growth? That's fine. We can say that. But this is the year they have to produce or else we are screwed. I do not know where we go from here if they are not able to produce. If you get Terrace Marshall... And you're like, everything is fixed. We have Bryce Young. You have a good quarterback. You have an offensive-minded coach. You're going to be put in a lot of positions to succeed. We just drafted a rookie quarterback and brought in a veteran who takes targets off of your back, who takes attention away from you so that you're able to perform in the position that you're in. He's got everything set up for him this year, so no excuses for Terrace Marshall. And I don't know how we got onto wide receivers. I guess it was evaluation by Scott Fitterer. Let's see what TMJ is made of. I think that Terrace Marshall will be fine, to my point. I do think that as a weapon and as an athletic guy, I think that he's able to... He's he's fast, too. He's sneakily fast. I didn't realize how fast he was. I, mean, I think he ran like a 4-4-4 or something like that. So he's got some speed, too. He didn't quite look that fast on Sundays. I don't know if he just wasn't moving confidently or if he wasn't completely sure of the playbook or he was just kind of stunted by everything that had happened. But he did not look that fast on game days. He looked more of like a 4-6 to me. But um, there's going to be a lot of weapons to take the load off of him. We're going to have a pass-catching tight end for the first time in his career. So that'll be the first time he's experienced that. A lot of firsts this year. Um, so let's see what he's made of. And I think that he will be fine, but that is going to be a good example of why did we bring in Jonathan Mingo if we were confident in Terrace Marshall, but we won't bring in an edge or a cornerback when we have full confidence in a position that has not shown us that we should be confident in it.
I don't understand. And you can make the argument that we got a rookie quarterback. It's good to have a rookie receiver. We never gave Cam any weapons in terms of receivers, and we don't want to make that mistake again. Sure, I get it. But also, as far as weapons go for our quarterback, we're not concerned about that in year one. Year one, we're just concerned about him not sucking and putting him in a position to succeed as best we can. We don't necessarily have to worry about, oh, he's never had any weapons. I hope that Jonathan Mingo and Terrace Marshall are able to be the future Moose and Steve Smith. Fingers crossed, but until we get to that point, we're not, it doesn't really matter at this point. So I hope that I'm wrong about all of this and that Scott Fitterer is is just an amazing GM. I see a lot of people giving him the benefit of the doubt and like giving him good grades. If someone's like, give Scott Fitterer a grade on this offseason, it's like most people say A. And I I don't get it. I, I always like to wait until after season to grade. But if you're giving preseason grades, a B. Uh, yeah, a B. I didn't love this draft. I I really liked what we did in free agency, but I didn't love the draft. Quarterback, obviously, first round, duh. And then second round, I would have gone edge or cornerback, but they seemed to think that there was none available. And then the third round is a bit of a head scratcher. We'll see if that pays off with DJ Johnson. And then fourth round, Chandler Zavala. I like that one, but again, we didn't get any cornerback depth. I thought maybe that there were some guys available there to help us out and we knew we weren't going to get edge at that point because there was a quote-unquote run on edges and then fifth round you're really just drafting best player available Jamie Robinson could be a good fit it's pretty hard to grade fifth round picks and lower but yeah I I liked what we did with the draft I didn't love it but again and it's it's kind of this, there's two sides to the argument of the GMs, too. One, side one is, this guy doesn't know what he's doing, and these were the players that were available, according to the experts. And then there's side two of, the GM knows more than me, he is an expert, this is his job, and he has access to more information than me. But there are a lot of times where the fans are right. Um, and I love Scott Fitterer as a person. I just hope that his moves work out, because I want to see him be successful. Because when he's successful, we're all successful. Um, so, yeah, I really, I really do hope that it all works out for him, and I hope that I'm wrong about this edge position, and I hope I'm wrong about this tight end position because we're going to be scraping for tight ends pretty soon as well. I, I don't know if we're going to keep Ian Thomas or Tommy Trimble on the roster after next year, and Hayden Hurst's contract isn't that long, so we're going to be looking for another tight end not too long down the road. We don't have any real permanent solutions at that position yet. And then receiver, we got a lot of up-and-coming guys, so we're good there. And hopefully we get Ryan Burns. Because we, if we don't, it is a desolate wasteland. We have given this man all the leverage in the negotiation. So do not be surprised when Brian Burns gets a record-setting contract. Contracts are all about leverage. Negotiations are all about leverage. And Brian Burns has all of it. Abs- absolutely all of it. Sorry, I just burped. <laughs> but um, Brian Burns has the backing of he didn't want to trade me for all these first round picks. There is not a single other guy on this roster who is in my same stratosphere right now. We have not picked up any other guys and are not looking to do so because the GM has such confidence in me. It's, 
it's uncanny how much leverage Brian Burns has. I don't know if there's another player in the NFL with as much leverage as him outside. Well, Patrick Mahomes gave away all his leverage when he signed a 10-year contract. Outside of the quarterback position, I don't know that there are any guys with as much leverage as Brian Burns currently has. Given the situation that he is in, he is essentially a water salesman in the middle of a desert. And we are walking towards him. That And we are thirsty. And that is pretty much the case at this point. He's the only guy around who can do what he does. And if we let him go, what does that market look like? What we currently have, but opposite of him? What, would we, we get a little cop pick for a third round or something if he left? Yeah, that would be rough times here in Charlotte. So I'm not looking forward to his contract negotiation at this point. I was looking forward to it, but then we have done nothing since and given him all the leverage. I wonder if Brian Burns has had any input on this and what he thinks about these guys that we're looking at, if they've asked him for any input or asked him to take a look. I'd be very surprised to see what he has to say. I'd be very interested in it. I wonder if he's had any opinions about who's going to be opposite of him, kind of like they ask quarterbacks about receivers, etc. Yeah, I don't know. But I hope that we get somebody in here, even if it's just for a year, so we don't give the Bears a freaking six overall pick. God, that is my worst nightmare. Also, I saw that NFL had our floor at 4-13. and 13. Um, so if we, if our floor, if absolutely everything goes wrong this year, I don't think we're going to win four games. I think it'll be more like seven. I, I'm a complete homer, obviously, but the division's not great. We've reloaded and gotten better at pretty much every position outside of, well, yeah, we've gotten better at pretty much every position outside of wide receiver. And even then, we've gotten a more balanced wide receiver attack. Uh, otherwise, we look great everywhere else. And then our ceiling is probably 11 or 12 wins, to be honest with you. Uh, not just because we're like an 11 or 12 win team because we're so great. It's just that we have that much, that many winnable games on our roster. Of course, any game is winnable. But we do have a pretty easy schedule in terms of the record last year. We'll see how easy it ends up after the year. I'm curious to see that. But... I do think we have a very winnable roster or winnable schedule. So we should be fine this year, regardless of what predictions are made about us and regardless of what we do at the edge position. I still think with the edge setup we currently have, we'll be okay. We'll still get to that seven win threshold. But I think if we're able to do something about that, that edge position, then we'll be able to get in the playoffs potentially. I really do think we're a playoff team if we're able to sew that edge up and we have healthy quarterbacks. Because, and again, process of elimination. It's like who someone's from the division. Someone from the division has to go into the playoffs, and there's seven spots available now. So it uh, it would be very surprising to me if we're able to get this edge position sewed up if we did not make the playoffs. Um, so and that's like a very lukewarm p- position to have. Usually it's like, oh my god, playoffs. We haven't been there in, what, six years, seven years? And now I'm like, yeah, we'll we'll probably stumble into the playoffs just knowing how bad our division is. Still no update on Alvin Kamara's uh, suspension, though. So we'll see what happens with that. It's probably going to be a Friday news dump. I don't know what the history of releasing suspensions is, but I would imagine that Friday is probably a pretty popular day for it for the NFL 
For those of you who don't know, a Friday news dump is basically when they wait till the end of the day on Friday. It's the weekend. People don't pay as much attention. They're not talking as much. And by the time you get back on Monday, some other news story has kind of taken its place. That's what I imagine will happen with this Alvin Kamara situation since he beat a guy nearly to death and stomped him out. Um, but luckily for the NFL, it's not a woman or a child, which is what they get very sensitive about, um, obviously for obvious reasons, but they don't get sensitive about it because they care. They get sensitive about it because it affects the bottom line. Just remember what happened with the Ray Rice situation. Come on, people. Uh, but either way, um, I am interested to see what happens with Alvin Kamara because we could be playing the Saints without their best offensive weapon. But again, you know, we didn't have any problem with them in the past. So either way, well, we play who we play. And if we're worried about a running back, then that's our problem. But all in all, everything has got me worried at this point and everything's got me excited. I'm super pumped to be a Panthers fan. It's super nervous about everything all at the same time. So welcome to Panthers Phantom. Nothing has changed except for we have a quarterback who we know is going to be our quarterback, which is a great thing to feel and I will hopefully be able to make it out to training camp this weekend so maybe I'll see some of y'all there Uh, but otherwise I hope you have a great weekend I hope you have a great day if you're going out to training camp today it looks like it's going to be a little cloudy for you maybe a little rainy take an umbrella enjoy it look out for some autographs and uh, yeah have a great weekend I'll see y'all later talk to you soon peace